my mom told me I need to sit up when I preach, so if you're a parent, you know that parenting never ends, right? <laughs> so my, um, back in 2005, I, uh, I had a couple of big firsts in my career in hospitality, and um, one of those first things was I, I went into management for the first time. And as you know, that's, that's a kind of a big deal, right? I was a young man going into management for the first time. And the second thing is, strangely enough, that first management job was overseeing the food and beverage or the food service portion of the, of the hotel that I was working at. And so first time working in, in management, first time working in any food service capacity at all. Now, if any of you have any food service experience, that sounds kind of crazy, doesn't it? So I, and I can recall going in, trying to be as confident as I could as a young man. I go in, I start doing my job. About one or two weeks into that job, I realize, man, <laughs> I think I'm a little bit over my head. I think I'm a bit over my head, and I, I felt like I wasn't contributing to the business at all. All I did is I stood on the floor all day long, talked to customers, tried to figure out what my servers were doing, and I didn't feel like I was doing anything. So I went to my boss and said, look, I, don't, I'm a, I feel like I'm a bit over my head. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what I'm doing. He's like, don't worry about it. I'm like, well, that's great leadership. Thanks. Right? Don't worry about it. Take care of the customer. Take care of your team. That's all I want you to do right now. You'll figure it out. Okay. And, and I ended up working in, in food service management for hotels for probably about eight years in total. And I actually, I was doing the, the math this morning, and I think I counted, I oversaw uh, over three hotels, probably 12 different, um, you know, areas of, of service. And, uh, and each of those roles were different. Each of the customer base was different, et cetera. So over those 12 or eight years, over those 12 areas, I ended up figuring it out. You know, I ended up learning as I went along. And as I reflected on that this week, I realized that for me, the foundation was service. The foundation was always service. Take care of your customer, take care of your employee, and the company I worked for, his, his whole slogan was take care of the guests, take care of the employee, and the guests will come back. And they'll, they'll, they'll build that, that, um, that business for you. So over time, I realized, okay, that foundation for me was always service, and I always kind of figured things out along the way. And as I, I entered the church some 20-plus years ago, I recognized, too, that my gift within the church included service as well. Right, you know, for some of you who have been in, in churches who who meet in an auditorium every week, you probably are familiar with this. You go into the auditorium super early in the morning, and what are you doing? You're setting up chairs and tables and equipment, and then at the end of the service, you're breaking down chairs and tables and equipment and trying to leave it in the condition when you found it. So I realized then that my gift was service. My gift was to take care of what needed to be taken care of. And there's many people that are, are, are members of our church here who do the same. So at the end of the day, well, I did what I was good at. I did what, what God had gifted me to do, not only outside the church, but also within. And then over time, that built. And over time, that, uh, that skills, uh, other, other gifts and other skills developed. And one of the things I can recall about learning and figuring out the business in the, in the food service industry is, is for me, I was never a good server, still aren't. I was never a good bartender. I was never a good barista. I was never a good cook. But over time, what I realized I can do, I can bust tables like nobody's business. I can, I can scrape food off a plate and get it to the dish pit. I can, I can expedite food and, and put orders together to get out to the servers. I can stock ice and wash glassware really well. 
right? So those are the things I focused on to make sure my teams were set up for success. And again, God has gifted me with that same skill, and he's also developed other gifts within me. Now, we're going to be continuing in our series this morning in, in, in the Holy Spirit, Right? And one of the gifts, of the, one of the, the things that the Holy Spirit does is he gives gifts, right? And that's essentially what we'll be talking about as you, if you hadn't figured it out by now. That's what we'll be talking about this morning. In that very first session when we, when we spoke, Pastor Pat had shared a message on, on the presence of the Holy Spirit, right? And then last week we looked at the power of the Holy Spirit. And today what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to talk about gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, and if you really think about it, this is, a, this is kind of a big message. There's a lot that could go into this. So I really tried hard this week, sometimes unsuccessfully. Um, I tried really hard this week not to focus too much on these specific gifts, right? Because that can be a sermon series in its own. But what I really wanted to do was figure out how and share with you how the Holy Spirit works within each and every one of us to, um, to develop and, and to manifest our, whole, uh, our spiritual gifts and uh, what we'll do is we'll start in 1 Corinthians 12, and then we're going to really use that to do a few things. We're going we're gonna to use that to also look at other passages, but we're going to also use that as kind of a baseline to kind of see where, um, where this topic leads us. And I'm going to answer some questions that, that come up, and then we're going to apply some principles. So that's really what we're going to do this morning, and really all for the purpose of manifesting these gifts that the Lord has given so I want to go ahead and start reading in, um, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll be reading through verses 1 through 11. And uh, if you have your Bible, go ahead and follow along. You should see it on the screen behind me as well. Paul starts like this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. The King James Version says, I don't want you to be ignorant. And that's really what that word means. I don't want you to be ignorant when it comes to these spiritual gifts. And you'll know that when you were pagans... You were led astray by mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, therefore, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone." To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit to the common good. For each one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. And to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by one Spirit. And to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So that's the text I want to use to kind of help us to build this. So first thing I want to do, and I think it's important that we do this, is define spiritual gift, right? I I love that the Illustrated Bible Dictionary says it this way. Spiritual gifts are special gifts bestowed by the Holy Spirit upon Christians for the purpose of building up the church. Right? The Holy Spirit gives us these gifts to build up the church. So I want to kind of use that to, to go into our very first question that I want to answer this morning. And that is this. How do I receive spiritual gifts? How does this happen? Right? What does this process look like? 
in verses 4 through 7 of the passage we just read, we saw that spiritual gifts are manifested in both service and activities. And he also makes it clear that these gifts are from the Lord. So in the verses that preceded this, he reminds us that this is from the Lord, right? So the Holy Spirit has, has enabled this and given this to us in our lives. And Paul here is what he's doing. He's helping the reader understand that there are many gifts and they are for the good of others. So verse 11, I want to take a special look at, and it says this, and these were empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So that's really how that received, right? And then Romans 12, verse 6, kind of gives a similar wording. And it says this, Having gifts that differ according to the graces given to us, let, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith. So again, according to grace that has been given to us. So the Holy Spirit, and really it's, it's to say it this way. Spiritual gifts are given by the Holy Spirit as he determines. He determines who receives what gift. And we've already learned in this entire series that it is the Holy Spirit that enables us to have that relationship with the Lord, right? We've seen that. So therefore, that we see that when he builds gifts into other Christians, it's in order to build to one another within the body. So maybe we can look at, at gift giving and receiving as building blocks for the general maturation of, of the saints, and then we see again that, that spiritual gifts are, are special gifts bestowed upon by the Holy Spirit, right? Special gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us for the purpose of building up the church. So the next question I want to look at is, is this, who? Who is given spiritual gifts? You probably know the answer to this already because it's been very clear so far in the text. But again, I want to take a look at what these spiritual gifts are at least according to this specific passage, so we can get an idea of what these are, are, what examples there are given to us. And we'll talk about that just in a a few moments here. If we look again at verse 7, it says, To each is given the manifestation, manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit utterance of wisdom, and then he goes on utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gift of healing, Uh, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, and to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these, again, are empowered by the Spirit. So I I, I wanted to kind of read that again as as Paul's example to the church at Corinth of, of what some of these spiritual gifts are. But I want to notice, too, that the first word that we see is the English word each, right? To each is given, right? And, and we have to look at the immediate context. So if we go back to verse 1, Paul addresses who? Brothers, right? So he's addressing specifically the church. So you see that what Paul is basically saying here is that every Christian has at least one spiritual gift. Every Christian has at least one spiritual gift, Right? Maybe you're sitting here and you don't realize that. Maybe you haven't realized that. Maybe you haven't experienced that just yet. And that, yes, that means you have a spiritual gift as well. And maybe you don't believe Paul for some strange reason. Maybe you don't believe Paul. Peter says the same thing in his epistle. 1 Peter 4.10 says, And each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So if each of us have received a gift... 
and each of us have that, use that gift to, to, to serve one another, I want you to pause for a moment and think, if that's the case, how powerful would it be and how incredible would it be for us to use those gifts to reach others? To reach others for Jesus, to reach others for his kingdom. So he does provide a curated list that he specifically spoke to about to the Corinthians. And I won't go through them again. We just went through them a couple of times. But I want you to make note that these gifts were specifically for the church at Corinth. These were what he felt these folks needed to understand and learn. So in other words, this is not the only list. And if you search online, you'll, you'll see hundreds of different variations um, being a little facetious, there's probably not 100, but there's variations of certain lists that are available. And, and again, it doesn't mean that those are exhaustive lists. So when you're reading through the scriptures, if you don't see a gift that applies to you, it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have a certain gift that's, that's, that's displayed in the Bible. Um, and I think, too, it's, it's also important for us to understand and realize that these gifts do change over time. These gifts do change over time. There's other, other lists, again, as we stated, there, there's a gift of apostleship and, and shepherding and hospitality and leadership and serving and, and administration and evangelism, right? So these are other gifts that are, are also uh, included in the scriptures. But what, again, this, script, this section does is helps us to see what was given to the Corinth, Corinthian church because it was relevant for them at that time. And I think that supports why these gifts may change over time as well. And then later in this epistle, in chapter 14 specifically, Paul actually talks and addresses certain ones like prophecy and, and tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And he spends a lot of time speaking to those things. And we won't go into all the details there, but I think it's important to note that what he is basically saying to the church at Corinth there is it doesn't, what, what, what we do with those gifts is more important than the gift itself, if that makes sense, right? So he's saying that if the, the gift should be for the benefit of the body, and that is more important than, ha- than the gift itself. If I have a gift and I just I place it on my bookshelf and I don't use it, it's worthless, right? So it should be used for others. So what I want to do is use that to kind of help develop our main idea today, which is this. The purpose of spiritual gifts is to build up the church and to bring glory to God. So it is twofold, right? We spent a lot of time so far speaking about how it builds up, but it's to build up the church and to bring glory to God. And, and we saw that in verse 11, right? Individually as he wills, and that, that he is, of course, the Lord. So it's really his decision. It's up to him, which cautions the, the believer not to go chasing after gifts that they weren't blessed with and they weren't gifted with, right? And it's he that distributes, it's he that assigns. And uh, again, when we do ask the Lord to reveal these gifts, we ought to make sure that our focus is right and it's on for the purpose of glorifying him and for others, not for ourselves. So to answer that specific question that we asked, who then receives these spiritual gifts? every believer, right? Every believer is gifted with a gift. So the next question is this, how or why, why do we have spiritual gifts? And hopefully we've already have an idea of what this looks like. But again, the first thing we see here is, is, is this, that it's for, 
And it's to build up the body. It's to build up the body. So in verse 7 of our main text here, our primary passage, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Right? So what is that common good? Who is that common good for? It's for the body. So I want to take this in context, right? And I want to go back to Ephesians chapter 4. And what Paul does here is he, he's speaking to the church at Ephesus, churches at Ephesus, and he's, he's helping them to understand what this looks like essentially in practice. So verse 11 of, chapter, uh, of Ephesians 4 says this, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. So these are all functions. These are all functions within the church. And what he's doing is he's helping us to see how they exercise these functions and how they exercise the gifts they've been given within these functions and for what purpose. And that is in verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Right? So you see in the Ephesians section there, you see how it was, how it was exercised and how that benefited the body of Christ is to equip them for the work of ministry. So again, the purpose of exercising gifts is for the building of the body. And then we also see that second part there, which is what? To glorify and to give glory to God. Okay? So it's to give glory to God, to build up the church. And then Peter also added these words in, in 1 Peter 4.11. It says, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that, that God supplies, and in order that everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Right? So that's how it's manifested through. And again, we see that it's for the building up of the church. And it implies, too, that there were going to be periods of time where some gifts were used for a specific purpose. And we saw that last week in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Pastor Pat mentioned and, and, and reminded us that the apostles were given power and they were given spiritual gifts for a moment in order to help build the kingdom, right, and to build the early church. So Jesus empowered these early church leaders to perform miracles, for example, to build the early church. And later we see this insight from Paul in the same chapter when we jump over to verse 27, so 1 Corinthians 12, 37, we see these words. He says, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping administration of various kinds. And then he goes on to say, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles? And do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way." So it seems to me that Paul is saying that certain gifts are given for a certain time, for a certain purpose, in a certain place. And he used to say, this is to say that the Lord will provide to the body the gifts that they need when they need it. Another aspect might include how these spiritual gifts impact those who are outside of the church. So let's really think, think about it. And let's be honest, with it. There, there's a certain stereotype if you will, of, of, of the Christian, right? You know, the, there, are, there are stereotypes, right? Within and outside of the body, right? And, and certain denominations have a little bit of a higher degree of that, 
and I won't go into that. I'm not, I'm not here to do that. The point is here that what are we doing inside the church that's visible to those who are outside the church, and how does that impact others? How is that looking for others and being an attractive witness for Jesus and for his church? And really, again, that was Paul's point in, in, in chapter 14 in regards to the, the, the gift of tongues, right? If it's not producing anything, then what good is it for, for the body or for the kingdom? So I think finally we need to look at this and, 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 and how does one exercise these gifts? So I think it's important for us to see how these gifts are exercised and how do we do that. And I think the first and foremost thing that we need to recognize is that it needs to be done in humility. So the first thing there is with humility. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, and this is really in verses 3 through 6, For by the grace given to me, as I say to everyone among you, do not think of yourself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that he, God has assigned. And for as one body we have many members, and many members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. You see that? we Number one, we need to approach it with humility, but also each individual has been assigned. And maybe we've heard this saying before. It's not work if you love what you're doing. Have you heard that before? That might be true in some extent, right? Uh, you know, I think sometimes we love what we're doing, but it could be quite exhausting and it can be quite stressful, right? And I, so again, I think that's true in some ways. And even if you do enjoy your job so much that you're skipping and jumping around all the time, I think it's important. And I don't think the Lord wants us to be complacent. I don't think he wants us to be too comfortable or we're no longer challenged, or we're no longer exercising uh, good judgment. So again, it's critical that when we do exercise our gift, that we're doing it with others in mind, with him in mind. And he reminds us again that in that verse 3, that are their gifts of grace, right? So this isn't something that we earned. It wasn't something that, you know, uh, it was you know, by happenstance, these were gifts that we received by grace. They were given to us by the Holy Spirit for God's purpose so that we are not to think too highly of ourselves. So maybe another question would be this. How? How do I discover my spiritual gift? And this one's probably not as obvious. It's probably not as, as um, doesn't probably stand out as much as others, right? But, but here, particularly from the text that we read, but here's a few things that I think I wanted to share with you that, frankly, it's not exclusive, exhaustive, just like these other lists we've talked about. It's not an exhaustive list, but I think these are some things that could help. First thing I think we need to do is we need to read, right? We need to read. We need to read the scriptures. We need to read what the Lord says about these things. We need to see and read and understand how the Lord has used certain individuals with certain gifts for his purpose. And, and a good starting point might be the passages that we've spoken about today. And again, there are many passages we looked at. I recognize that. But these do help us to see some of these, these gifts and, and the aspects of how these are given by the Holy Spirit for his purpose. So I think we need to start there. Uh, and again, it's not a, an ex exhaustive list that I've given you. There are many gifts. But 
whatever your method is, right? Maybe you're a, you're a highlighter in your Bible. Maybe you're a circler in your Bible. Maybe your Bible's so pretty you don't want to ruin it and write in it, right? But maybe, maybe you're a journal writer, right? Maybe you, you write notes. Whatever your method is as you're reading these scriptures and as you're seeing some of these gifts, take notes of them. Highlight it, whatever your method is, and then we can really do the, the next step, which is to pray, right? After we do these things, we should be praying over these things. God, are you speaking to me? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you as you're reading? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you as you're reviewing some of these gifts? How is he speaking to you as you internally think about these things? God, is this what you're, you're asking me to do? Is this what you're doing? And allow the Holy Spirit to, to speak to you during that time. And here's something else we can do. We can ask. Right? Didn't Jesus himself say, ask and it will be given to you? Didn't James, the Lord's brother, say, if you want wisdom, ask for it, right? Do you recall that from James chapter 1? So sometimes even family, friends, acquaintances, people you serve with, sometimes they see things that you may not even see in yourself. And sometimes you need somebody to pat you on the back and say, hey, have you considered this? Have you considered this? So you can ask them as well, right? If you're not clearly seeing it, you can always ask. And I think the next thing here is something we say very, very often here at the Warnedale Family Church, and that's to serve, right? Get plugged in. Serve somewhere, right? Maybe you're not a gifted teacher, but it doesn't mean you can't help the kids in children's church. You can't assist the, the lead teacher in children's church. Maybe you're not, you know, the most hospitable individual, which hopefully most of us in this room are. It doesn't mean you can't help Steve in the morning with coffee and with greeting right? There, there are so many things that we could be doing, so just get plugged in somewhere. If there's a need, serve, right? And again, what we'll see is not only will you yourself see what kind of, you know, impact you're making, but also others might see something in you as well. So serve others, and because of that, you know, others might see something again. And then the, finally, the, the last thing is, is to look, Right? Look, right? Look around. Look for affirmation from the Lord. And where do we find that affirmation from the Lord? He's not going to literally say, good job, you know, until we... But is what we're doing producing fruit? Is what we're doing blessing others, right? Is what we're doing glorifying God? Those are the things we need to be looking for. Right? Are these things that we're producing, these activities, these services that we're doing, are they being glorified? Uh, or is, is the Lord being glorified and are others being blessed by it? And that might give you some affirmation. Listen, I know we've, we've gone through a ton of information. We've gone through a ton of scripture references. Um, but if there's nothing else that you, you take out of this room this morning, as I just want to go back to our main idea is that it, the purpose of, the, of spiritual gifts is to build up the church and to bring others in glory to God. That's really what, what spiritual gifts are, right? There are many gifts, but the same spirit like we've seen. But the purpose is to build up the church and to bring glory to God. Years and years ago, the team that I led, um, I recognized that they were, they were stretched very thin, and I can recall certain days of the week that it was just 
I was overwhelmed because the rest of my team was caught up in something else. And in my brain, I'm like, this is just unproductive. It doesn't make sense. There's, there's something missing here. And so I finally sat down and I kind of looked like, all right, what are our priorities? Right? What do I need to make sure my team's prioritizing? And I came up with three simple things. Right? And I mentioned a few of these earlier when I opened. Take care of the customer. Take care of the employee. And take care of the bank account. Right? You know, we need to make sure that our, our profit and loss statement was, was doing well, that the business was thriving. So I said, look, team, if what you're doing, these, all these extracurricular activities, these committees you're involved in, these classes you're doing, if they're not impacting the customer, they're not impacting your employee, and if they're not impacting the financial statement, I don't want you doing it anymore. So we finally came to an agreement and we were able to shave off a lot of extra things that were happening and it helped us to become very efficient in what we did um, and, and all those things were impacted in a positive way. And again, the main purpose of that was, look, what, we're, what y'all are doing is not producing any fruit, it's not producing results and we need to make sure that we're doing something that's productive in that capacity. So really that, that leads us to, to two, two questions that I want to leave you with this morning. And is that, and that is this, if, if, is what you're doing, is what you're doing in the body of Christ, number one, is it bringing glory to God? And is what you're doing in the body of Christ, is it building up others in the body of Christ? So let's think about those things and pray. Father God, this is, um, we're grateful for the gifts that you have given us. We're grateful, God, for hopefully helping us to see clearly what these gifts are, why we have them, the purpose for them, and, and how they are to impact others and mostly to glorify you. So help us to do that, Lord. Maybe we're serving now and maybe we, we don't see that. Maybe we're not um, clearly seeing that in our work and in our, in our service to you. So help us to do that. Help us to evaluate what we're doing and how it, it it glorifies you. Help us to identify and and start being productive with the gifts that you have given us. Help us, Lord, to, to see you more clearly in the scriptures to help us to do that as well. Father, just um, so grateful um, for everybody here who does serve so faithfully and everybody here who serves um, graciously and those who are, are, are truly manifesting their gifts within this body to help us to continue to do what we do. And may it be for your purpose, and may it bring glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen.